Hello and welcome to Podcast Most Foul. I'm Jake. And I'm Anna. And today we are covering chapters three and four of our, the first Artemis Fowl book. Um, a little bit of change in plans. Last time I said that we were going to do three, four, and five, but uh, we realized that that was just too much and we didn't get it all done. So we're just uh, saying, F it, change of plans, because we can do that if we want to. It's our podcast. Our podcast, our rules. I mean, I don't know how podcasts work. This is the first one I've been on. <laughs> so uh, I guess we can go ahead and hop right into the recap. Do you want to start? No, but I'll go. <laughs> In this chapter, we meet Holly, who is the first female recon officer, and uh, she's uh, LEP, right? Which stands for Leprechauns. Lower Element Police Recon Division. But they're also known as Leprechauns. But not to be mistaken with the ones you know, with the little hat and the cute coat and the buckle shoes. That's the old costume. This is, or outfit, my bad. It's not a costume because it's their work outfit. So she's the first female recon officer who is trying really hard to get in her boss's good graces. Her boss name is Root and he's a real dick to her constantly. Like just is super overanalyzing of her. Just super critical, like always on her ass for absolutely no reason. And apparently it's because since she's the first female recon officer, it's all eyes on her and she needs to be a shining example of what to do because if she does even the slightest thing wrong, she needs to go to be a bimbo in traffic control. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we see Holly getting ready for um, her day. She notes that she's uh, running low on magic, but, like, not that low. It's okay. Just a little sleepy. It's no big deal. She starts heading to work and uh, gets held up by traffic and a thing that will become recurring, uh, swear toads. They are toads that, instead of ribboning, just curse. <laughs> and they are the result of a, uh, a practical joke gone wrong. Sounds like Jake's jokes every day. I would accidentally, or maybe on purpose, make swear toads. I think I would catch one and keep it as a pet for my own entertainment. I want a swear toad. That's me. Oh. Okay. Hi, it's me, your swear toad. Aw. Fuck. Shit. <laughs> 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 Um, as she gets towards the police station, uh, she talks about how there's a goblin and dwarf turf war going on, and we find out that Holly's kind of a racist. She she at one point says, like, if there's a good goblin, I've never met one. And like she kinda she kinda talks about the goblins like people say that cops talk about people, you know? And I was like, oh, is he going to use this to say something, or is this just because she's a cop? I I com I missed that part, so I might have to go over and reread that. That just completely went over my head. I was like, oh man, because um, there's like protesters, and I was just like, oh, this is. I put she's she's such a freaking cop. Would she, would she support Blue Lives Matter? She would have the tattoo across her forearm. With the gray flag, flag and the blue stripe. Yeah, with the blue stripe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's something to keep in mind for later on. And when she gets in the station, she uh, runs across a dwarf who is... Who, uh, she runs across a dwarf who is getting booked. His name is Mulch Diggums. And he is currently pickpocketing and stealing from the officer that he is uh, 
handcuffed to. You can't get mad at this man's hustle. Yeah, he's you know he's out there trying. Uh, she gets into the office, and Root immediately starts yelling at her for being late, and even though she's only a minute late. But I mean, like that's still basically on time. Yeah. Right. We, we wouldn't know anything about that. Okay. Either one of us. So backstory. I, I can't be on time to save my life. I can get up like two hours early and still manage to be late. Don't know how I managed to do that. Somehow I just managed to fuck off for a very crucial 10 to 15 minute window. And then I'm like, oh my God, I should have been at work already. And I'm just now leaving my house. Um, Luckily, I have a very, very understanding boss because at this point in my life, it's a personality trait slash character flaw. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Ruth's about to fire her when suddenly... An, dun, emer- dun, dun. an emergency. Wow. There's a uh, a rogue troll up on the surface causing damage across the countryside. And uh, Holly wants to redeem herself, so she's like, ooh, send me. I'll go take care of it. Keep in mind, she hasn't done whatever this ritual is. So she's running really low on magic. It's not even in her ears. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, but she lies to her boss about having a lot of magic. Same. It's like when you say that you're proficient in Excel <laughs> on your resume. Um, he tells her just to go up and get intel. Just track the troll. Don't actually engage with it. Just kind of get its location and the retrieval team will be following shortly. And uh, she's like, yeah, totally boss man. I got you. <laughs> so she uh, goes to. So then she goes to ops, get herself equipped, and get launched up to the surface. She gets a laser gun called a Neutrino 2000, which she will use a lot. And then she meets this guy named Foley, who is a very paranoid centaur. Who wears a tinfoil hat. Yeah, an actual tinfoil hat. Because he's paranoid the FBI and the CIA already know about fairies, but he just can't prove it. Which, I mean, he's probably not wrong. She's like, oh yeah, I'm co- I'm, I'm confident I got this. And he has a really great quote. He says, uh, confidence is ignorance. If you're feeling cocky, it's because there's something you don't know. I was like, oh, I like that. Same. Live in fear <laughs> and anxiety, in a state of anxiety, always. Always. Always prepare for the worst case scenario. <laughs> and so she's going to get shot up to the surface because we haven't mentioned already. They live deep, deep underground, like close to the planet's core. So she's going to get shot up to the surface in a lava plume by basically sitting in a big metal egg. Which the vessel that's available for her is really old and it's like over 50 years old or something like that. And they said that due to budget cuts, um, you don't get like the higher end model and there's not very many available. And the reason why they're holding on to it is because there have been no, no fatalities, which was really concerning uh, since there was a weird stain on one of the seats and it was brain matter, but it's fine. His, he's, he walked walked away from it and he's just a few IQ points lower. He can still take liquids. He can still take liquids, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she gets to ride in this like, it makes me think of my first car that I had where it, like, it just starts falling apart, but you just cross your fingers and hope that it doesn't like explode on the highway. <laughs> So anyways, the ship pod, or yeah, ship pod, um, 
makes it, thankfully, it was a very not smooth ride, um, but it doesn't explode and she doesn't die. So that's good. <laughs> and uh, she talks about wishing that the people, uh, the, uh, the fairy folk could live on the surface again. But last time they lived on the surface, they had a war with, with us and they call us the mud people. And we won because we just outnumber them. We don't have magic. But there's just a lot more of us. Because we reproduce a lot faster than they do. I guess they only have a kid every 20 years or something like that. Which, I mean, some people should only have, like, one kid every 20 years. So, like, you know, only one <laughs> or none. But, you know, whatever. So, she gets a pair of wings, a kind of like a jetpack. And they're gas-powered. Which she hates. <laughs> um... She uh she flies off and eventually finds the troll beating against the uh the wa- the wall surrounding a town. Um, she calls into Root and says, "You know, hey, when it, I found the troll, it's getting dangerous. When will the retrieval team be here?" And he says, "Oh, about five minutes out." She's like, "That's not enough time." It's like I told you just to get intel. Don't you do it? And uh, then she hears a little girl cry for help. And she's like, oh, well, I have to have an invitation to go inside a human dwelling. And that's technically an invitation. He's like, you're taking it too literally. (laughs) And uh, so the troll breaks through the wall. She swoops in and starts uh, shooting at it with her with her neutrino. Uh, They're in a super packed restaurant. Looks like some sort of a party is going on. She's flying around shooting at the troll. She's using her magic to make herself invincible or invisible. Uh, they call it shielding, where they basically vibrate so fast that you just can't see them. And so she's like, oh, it's fine. The troll can't see me. The troll can't see me. I'm invisible. The troll picks up a table and looks at her. And she's like, just a coincidence. He can't see me. I'm invisible. And then he throws a fucking table at her. <laughs> she's like, shit, I'm not invisible anymore. Probably because she didn't do the ritual. <laughs> she's just she's out of magic. But it hits her. But it hits her wings and knocks the gas canister loose, which gets gas all over the troll. And the restaurant is filled with candles, so he catches on fire. The troll grabs her and is like glaring her and glaring at her in the face. And uh, he's starting to crush her. Starting to crush her, and she's pretty sure that she's going to get eaten. And then he proceeds to start chewing on her helmet or something because she can feel his gnarly molars chewing on her. So, like, think about, like, a large creature that's probably never brushed their teeth. Like, think of all the tartar and gingivitis and gum disease going on in there and how bad it must smell. (laughs) Um, And they're just, like, trying to get, like, a grip on you with their teeth so they can crush your skull Uh, and lap up your brain matter. (laughs) (laughs) He eventually takes her out of his mouth, and she's like, I don't have anything left except... My visor! And she turns on the high beams and, like, shoots him in the face with super bright light. He gets freaked out by that because they're super sensitive to light. And And, sound. And sound. And uh, that, plus being shot at, plus being on fire, is just too much for the poor guy to take. And he passes out. Which, I mean, I feel real bad for him, because not only is he scared because he's somewhere he doesn't recognize, but he's also on fire, and now he's blind. <laughs> um, and then there's still a crap ton of humans in this restaurant, and they can all see Holly. So she throws out, she throws out what's basically a stun grenade, and it puts everybody to sleep. 
and uh, she sprays the troll with a fire extinguisher, and then just collapses. But she also hopes that while she's, you know, putting out the fire on the troll, that the cold doesn't, like, jolt him awake. Yeah. So Root eventually shows up, and he is pissed. (laughs) He's like, what the fuck? I told you not to go in here. I told you... I I specifically told you just to get... Intel. uh, Intel. But then she cites some random ass case where them asking for help is an invitation enough for them to go in there and help. And then um, one of the fairies from the retrieval team uh, runs out and he's like, Root, Root, there's another human out in here who, who didn't get knocked out by the stun grenade. And so everybody goes invisible, except for Holly. And then, she has no magic. She has no magic. And now she got found out by her boss. And then the little kid just... Walks out from behind a corner, looks at her, and then, like, finds finds its dad and goes to sleep. Which was kind of convenient. Um, so now Root's yelling at her and is like, how long has it been since you've done the ritual? And she was like, um, like four years. <laughs> he said that you're lucky to still be alive. Go do the ritual right now before you come back underground. And make sure to come back to where you're full with magic up to your ears. Up to your ears. <laughs> But then as she's leaving, Root says, well, you you know, all things considered, you did a good job. It could have been a lot worse. All right, chapter four. So now we're back with Artemis. He's got Butler and Juliet in uh, in his study or whatever with them. Still don't know if it's a lab or what he has going on. But he's got the butlers, and he's telling them that, uh, he's like, I found out from the book that the fairies have to do a ritual where they must find the seed of an ancient oak tree that's by the bend of a river and plant it during a full moon. Which is, like, super obscure. Right? (laughs) He's like, well, there's only 129 trees in all of Ireland that fit that description. Let's just go, uh, let's just go hang out by one and wait for a fairy to show up whenever there's a full moon. (laughs) So, it takes about four months of stakeouts and Butler's, you know, trying to stay positive because he is getting probably ate up by a bunch of bugs in hopes that, you know, Artemis gets what he wants because, you know, he's the boss, that they finally see a fairy. Yeah, Holly lands. She takes off her wings and her helmet. She got the nice wings this time. Yeah. She got the hummingbird wings. And uh, she talks about something that's, like, super gross. I guess inside of the helmet, your your ears start to chafe. Except hers don't because she has a proper skin routine. But She has an ear moisturizing regimen, which you can't get mad at a girl with a good skincare routine. No, not at all. And she said that uh, most of the guy officers, it looks like they're sn- it's snowing whenever they take off their helmets. And I was just like, oh. Which is really disgusting. They got your dandruff. <laughs> It's like when somebody shakes their hair and it just falls on their shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she is. She lands by this tree and she finds an acorn on the ground. Which is an old-ass oak tree. Yeah, an old-ass oak tree. Um, according to the book, it has to be an ancient oak. So yeah, she finds a tree that fits the description. She finds an acorn. And as she, right as she bends down to pick it up, Butler is hiding in the trees. And he shoots her with a... Uh, Shoots at her with a hypodermic needle. And because she bent down right as he shot, it sticks into the tree behind her. Her realizing that she's under attack, she whips out her gun. 
She like ducks and rolls behind the tree and starts looking for where her attackers come from. Butler and Artemis, they just they just walk up. They're just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> um, Butler takes her gun and kind of like crushes it in his hand. He's like, nice pea shooter. And she tries to scare them by saying that she's got a lot of magic. And Artemis is basically like, bullshit. We know it's been a long time since you've done the ritual. Otherwise, you would have already used your magic on us. She's just getting read like a book over here, guys. <laughs> and uh, then she tries to do the one trick that she has enough magic for. A mind control trick called the Mesmer. Which is kind of like a special way of talking that lets her control people's minds. And uh, she tries it on Artemis. And he reveals that he's wearing mirrored sunglasses, which are the one weakness of the Mesmer. And he made sure to specify to Butler that, yes, we did need sunglasses at night. <laughs> I wear my sunglasses at night. <laughs> um, and then while they're talking, Butler shoots her with another dart. Which is a party foul. He's really a big fan of party fouls. <laughs> she passes out, and Artemis kind of gets mommy issues once he realizes that the elf is a female. He's like, she's a female, like my mom. Which makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Because what if he's a nice guy? <laughs> <laughs> I held the door open for you. <laughs> now you must go on a date with me, woman. <laughs> So he takes her helmet off the tree and just immediately starts taking it apart. And then <laughs> throws Holly in a duffel bag and they leave. Um, but they he goes into detail about how the fairy's technology is very state-of-the-art. And as he suspected, it's nuclear-powered. Yes, it's nuclear-powered. Which, I, I don't know, was always funny to me. <laughs> so, um, it's more... It's this book is more interesting than I thought it would be because honestly, the first like the prologue and then chapter one and two were kind of dry. And I, I don't know, maybe I just don't give a shit about his backstory as much as like I should. But I feel like it picked up a lot in the last two chapters. Um, and chapter three basically like was what got me on board to read it completely. The fairy civilization is super cool to me. I really want a swear toad. I want a swear toad. Can you give me one for Christmas? Probably not. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Pets aren't meant to be given as Christmas presents. But what if it's a swear toad? Regardless, it should be a planned purchase or investment or a rescue. You're right. You're right. Stop giving pets for gifts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you have any predictions for next time? Holly's going to be real pissed. <laughs> she got kidnapped. Artemis is going to get a crush on, on Holly instead of Juliet. Because I feel like he low-key has a crush on her. Because probably she's the only female that isn't repulsed to be around him. Because she's literally getting paid to be around him. He's the only person besides his mom that he allows to call him by a nickname. Artie. Artie. Oh, Artie. Oh, Artie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Root is going to be hella pissed at Holly for not coming back from the ritual and still not getting the ritual completed. 
<laughs> so um i did have a question though yeah so with the seed that you're supposed to get from the oak tree which apparently acorns are from oak trees today mm-hmm. i learned and um what the fuck does it say that she needs to plant it anywhere specific or can she just plant it wherever she wants in hopes of making another oak tree or does she have to find another random bend in a river in order to make another ritual for that tree to become ancient, or I believe that she just has to plant the seed. Just anywhere. Yeah, it can be next to the old ass oak tree. Yep. Not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> ritual just says find this very specific acorn on a full moon and plant it. Didn't say a specific acorn. It said a specific old ass tree. Well, the acorn has to come from the specific old ass tree. But it's not a specific acorn. It could be any of the acorns. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Find an acorn from a specific tree and plant it. A specific old ass tree. A specific old ass tree. Yeah. And plant it. Yeah. Anywhere. Anywhere. What if it's like a pot in my house? Does that count? That's a good question. But probably. Like, it could be my new house plant. <laughs> um, that'd probably work. It's a good question. Maybe they'll answer that. Probably not. I feel like it's too obscure. That, that is pretty obscure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, do you have a, a weekly hell yeah? You can go first. All right. So my my oh hell yeah for this week is a documentary that I found on Netflix um, a couple nights ago while I was just randomly scrolling through, as one does, um, and it's called. John was trying to contact aliens. It's a like 16 or so minute long um, documentary about this guy named John Shepard, who was trying to contact aliens by beaming music into space. And uh, no spoilers, but it does have a very happy ending. One that kind of made me like even tear up a little bit. It's a really sweet story. And I would really recommend checking it out. Even if you don't find the concept of aliens all that fascinating. He's got an interesting story and an interesting life. Fascinating. (laughs) So my weekly, oh hell yeah, is that I found a potential new music app to play music on while I'm like traveling or, you know, driving somewhere or on my lunch break at work, avoiding my coworkers because no, we're just coworkers and I don't want to be friends. Because Google Play is going away, and I have a subscription to Google Play via my YouTube Red or YouTube Premium or whatever, because I hate ads, and I hate buffering. Buffering will instantly make me mad and make me want to flip a table or whatever. So Google Play is going away because I guess it's not very profitable or whatever. I thought it was making a lot of money because I pay $9.99 a month to for this service, but whatever. What do I know? Um... <laughs> <laughs> um It's YouTube music. It's okay, but it let me copy all the music library that I had from one app to the other. It was pretty easy. I didn't even have to ask Jake for any help. And usually I do have to just say, I don't know what I'm doing. Please help. Um, But my one beef with YouTube music right now, I've only been using it for like two days, is that it doesn't have the album art displayed on my like console. Like, the Google Play would. So it just says track zero and then it'll just start playing. And I'm like, that's track two. And it did, they worked really hard. I want that album art and I want that song displayed across the dash. But, you know, whatever. Uh, beggars can't be choosers and I'm in a time of crisis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, 
that's going to wrap up everything for this episode. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at podcast most foul, where we have a link to our discord. Um, you can also find the link to that discord server in the show notes, and I will actually put them there this time. <laughs> um, our album art was created by the fantastic JWX art. You can find them on Twitter at JWX art. Our music is courtesy of Springtide from the Free Music Archive. Uh, you can find their work on there or on Spotify, and it is pretty fantastic. I feel like I'm forgetting something. You're not that funny. That's foul. <laughs>